welcome back to the Vintage Podcast. It's been a minute. Now, I had a little plan in mind for this podcast. I have two guests with me in the studio today. We've got Mia. Say hi, hi Mia. Uh, and we've got Lily. Hello. Hi. <laughs> um, so I realised when I first started working in vintage, um, the kind of huge wealth of expertise and bookish uh, know-how in the office. It was it was incredible. Uh, and I thought it would be a shame not to share that with the world. Uh, everyone in the office seems to have an area of confidence and an area of nerves. Like, <laughs> you can go to different people at different times. <laughs> an area where they're like, yes, I can tell you everything about this author or this topic. And other ones where they're like, oh. I don't really know. Please don't ask me. In this series, um, which I'm going to be calling Hello, I'm Scared Of, for reasons we will explain in a minute, <laughs> Lily. we'll be bringing in two vintage bookworms from the team. One who is scared of a certain author, <laughs> topic or genre. No need to nervously giggle, Lily. Sorry. <laughs> and one who is willing to have their brain picked. Uh, we're going to be unpacking some of the best writing before your eyes in the hopes that afterwards you will want to give it a try too. So, Lily, can you tell me the origin story of this podcast? Tell me how I got this idea. <laughs> oh, lordy. Okay. Well, um, it was late mm-hmm. and I decided that I was actually going to go home. But uh, I was thinking, what am I going to read on my commute home? Um, which is something that I enjoy mm-hmm. doing. And often I will pick up a little booklet from um, around the office and... It's a serious question when you live in London as well. I'm like, I'm stuck with this book for at least an hour. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And um, I'd been sort of thinking uh, about what to try next. And it just sort of came out, really, that I saw that Mia was also still there. And I knew that um, Mia was something of, a, of an expert, I think, on poetry. And I'm sure we're going to find out even more so. Um, and so I suppose uh, the, the title comes from just what I said to her when I was thinking about what to read that evening and I just said to her hello I'm scared of poetry what would you recommend and Lena overheard this and her brain being what it is uh, decided Content to make it into a podcast <laughs> and um, because me was giving such good recommendations yeah, and making she was. you feel so good about it and I thought it's that thing of just like everybody has something yeah. where they feel like like intimidated especially I think because we've had so many generations of classics now that it's really if you look back and you feel like you need to know everything about a genre or an author or, or the origin story of a certain kind of trope mm. it's just it's it's too much it's it's, it's, it's a lot um so yeah um Mia do you want to tell us what your involvement is with poetry at Vintage and what you do? Yeah, so um, I am basically the poetry specialist at Vintage within the publicity team. Um, so that basically means that um, I work on all of the poetry collections that we publish, um, making sure that they secure review coverage, organising events and tours, and generally just getting to hang out with a lot of really cool contemporary poets. Your um, job is so cool. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's my favourite part of my job. Mia, can you tell me how you got into poetry? Like, what was your first in? Like, what made you want to specialise in that? Well, I've really liked poetry um, ever since I was little, and I think I had a bit of a a slightly unique upbringing in that I was read poetry as a child. Mm. Not like, my parents weren't like reading out the wasteland to me <laughs> in the crib. It's basically <laughs> child cruelty, probably. <laughs> Just like Philip Larkin poems about pavements and sadness. Well, there's that Philip Larkin poem, isn't there? Like, uh, your parents, they really mm. fuck you up. Yeah, um, yeah. Which, you know, every poet listening to this now is going to roll their eyes. Yeah. <laughs> me mentioning that, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I was kind of introduced to poetry at a quite young age and not necessarily like you know really big poems but just things like Spike Milligan's kind of nonsense Mm. poetry which really is just like an experiment with sound so I never felt like 
poem has had to have one particular meaning. I just enjoyed the sound of them and listening to them. And so it's something that kind of followed me through my education. I always really enjoyed reading poetry then. Um, when I went to university, I did a specialist course in modern poetry, uh, which barely really scratched the surface of modern poetry, but you know, it was a great <laughs> introduction. Um, and I did a few bits of surrealist poetry. Um, so that's kind of how that had come about. Um, and then basically, um, when I was the assistant at Vintage, the publicity assistant, we had this amazing collection come in on submission. Um, it was called Night Sky with Exit Wounds by a poet called Ocean Wong. And I'd heard about it and then I read it and it just blew me away. And I basically said to Joe, who was our publicity director, please, 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 can I help you? Um, and because he was getting married, it kind of turned out that it worked a little bit better that I got to do the campaign. But so, yeah, um, and that went quite well. And then I think it kind of gave the publicity team a bit of trust with me mm. with poetry. And they kind of said, look, you clearly really enjoy this. You clearly know more about it than perhaps some of the rest of us. Would you like to take this forward as a project? And I was like, yes, please. That's what I was angling for. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is my destiny. I would take it up. I'm taking up the sword. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lily, you perhaps have a, an origin story with poetry that's a bit more similar to mine. And then you were a little bit scared of it. Um, because I've kind of done like an English English undergrad and an English master's. And I still look at poetry and I'm like, do I understand this? Am I getting what I'm supposed to get from this? Is this, is this, what does this mean? Is this good or bad? I can't tell. Yeah. Um, tell us how, how you, how your interactions with poetry over the years and, and how you feel about it. I moment. mean, I was just sort of vigorously nodding my head then and realised <laughs> that that won't have come across on a podcast format. But um, yeah, I mean, like very similar. I, I think theoretically, I did study poetry as part of, you know, my English literature studying stuff. Mm. But it was never modern. It was always, you know, done or it was Marvel yeah. or whatever, you know, Shakespeare. Rape and of the lock. Exactly, and you're like, oh, ha, 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 yeah, I get it. But it was it was just, it felt like a completely different thing somehow. I suppose, yeah, I, I feel like it was a semi-part of my education, but it was always kind of canon poems, and it was always thinking about how the poet had played with artifice or played with form, mm. and it, it was very easy to somehow distance yourself as a kind of reader or listener from the poet it was always like the speaker or the voice or the character in the poem Mm. and something that I find really scary I think about modern poetry in particular and I'm probably using like modern poetry as a term completely wrong forgive me we're gonna ask Um, me what that is in a second please could you because yeah I guess um something that I find scary about that as a thing is that it's more difficult somehow to kind of separate the poet from the poems and so it just adds this kind of level of pressure somehow to like if the poet is bearing their soul and they're in the room and they're alive and they're telling you you know this is my deepest darkest fear or hope or love and here are the most like amazing words that I can think to try and say it in And then you just read it and you're like, nah, mate, just doesn't, (laughs) that didn't do anything for me. There's something so sort of deeply cringeworthy and awful. And I just feel very guilty about that. And I can't tell whether it's that I have no taste and which is very likely. um, And whether it's that, you know, the poems are sort of going over my head somehow or whether I am just 
too emotionally frigid to <laughs> to <laughs> accept like a poem where someone is just being like this mm. is something that really hurts me or something and I just go like mm, no I'm <laughs> I don't like awkward. this thanks do so you feel like the stakes are quite high and the level of autobiography is like it feels like should you respond to it as a reader or, or as like a sympathetic human and like it's a confusing relationship yeah yeah I think yeah. so and I think with say a novel I think because it's because the, the poetry as a form is so minute and intense and that's kind of the point you know it's like squash saturated that's a really bad analogy but you know it's 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 so tiny and and condensed and intense that whereas say in a novel you can kind of get on board with some bits and not with others and it just feels less high stakes less personal somehow whereas if a poem doesn't do what it seems to be trying to do it just feels like well that's gone then that hasn't (laughs) been successful I feel like Mm. it's it's either like a yes or a no in a way that novels maybe don't feel like it's mm. like a stand-up or something a stand-up comedian saying a gag if you don't laugh that didn't work <laughs> and I it's feel over. like that's with poems you know yeah. it's like do you like it nope okay there goes <laughs> that the one thing I think it's like it has such a power to succeed in an amazing yes. way if it's right but if it's wrong you're like oh no yes. but yeah Mia how do you mm. feel about that our, our very basic are you shaking your fist like, at me I'm not <laughs> the difference, my fist. the difference between kind of school poetry and that kind of like detached Victorian man mm. talking about sex but not really talking about sex or like and then like the kind of modern autobiographical are we are we are we talking bollocks basically <laughs> I'm not talking bollocks at all <laughs> I kind of see this is going to be an analogy some people might laugh at but I kind of see poetry like if you think about writing in terms of coffee mm-hmm. so like a novel might be like a latte or a cappuccino but poetry is like an espresso mm-hmm. shot mm-hmm. Yes. and I think one mistake that some people make is they're trying to take the espresso shot all in one which <laughs> you've ever done is horrible <laughs> but it doesn't mean that an espresso shot isn't lovely mm. and I think sometimes people can think that a poem has to mean something to them in that moment or it has to move them immediately while they're listening to it, to it or watching it. Um, but actually, I think one of the reasons I like poetry is I can read the kind of same 30 lines 20 times in my life, and each time something mm. I get something slightly different mm. from it. So I think part of the problem is some people don't spend time mm. yeah. with poetry. Mm. No, and I think it's also this kind of like uh, uh, we live in like a Goodreads world where it's like, mm. what am I reading? How many can I read mm. this week? Like how? Like I've got to read. And again, I guess because I I feel like I'm trained to read a novel. I'm like I'm start at the beginning and I'll finish at the end. Then after that, I don't need to touch the book again. Whereas this, uh, you're saying it's more kind of like you need to live alongside the poems and like mm. yeah, like rush them. take them in. And like I never read a poetry collection chronologically from start. To finish, I kind of dip in and out of it. I might pick a random page to have a read of and then later on pick the same page up again or flick to another section. You don't quite have to read it in the same linear way that you would have to do with a novel. The choice is kind of up to you. Mm. I also think I'm very guilty in terms of that with... Because I do tend to read on a commute or when I'm, like, semi-doing something else because there's 24 hours... Mm. Um, I think sometimes poetry needs space more and Mm. it needs your kind of attention in a way that I maybe don't give it sometimes, you know. So Mm. 
the, th the things I've read, po poetry collections that I've tried to read recently where I've been like, no, Lily, snap out of it. Come on, <laughs> read some poetry. It will be fine. It will be good for you. Um, like medicine. Um, I feel like I've been on the tube reading them and sort of been like, oh, okay, I feel like you're referencing something that's gone over my head or this, this emotion hasn't quite hit or, or something. But when I've then actually gone back to it later on to either try and talk to someone about it, so say if someone's recommended it to me and I want to like tell them what I thought, I then go back to the poems sort of in the quiet of my room and actually go, oh, oh, that that's... That, no, fair enough, that is actually quite good. Yeah. Um, and so I do wonder if it's just a kind of... Maybe I need to find the right cafe to have my espresso in. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think also, like, one of the most liberating things that ever happened to me with poetry reading was, I'm going to be really, like, a pastiche of myself here, um, and say, in a university lecture, um, in my first year of university, um, one of my lecturers kind of came storming in, and he was giving um, his kind of lecture on modern poetry, um, and he basically just said... Poetry has no meaning. Like none what's like and we were <laughs> like, all there I'm like release you from that now. <laughs> we were all there like of course it does. <laughs> That's not what they said at GCSE. Grey <laughs> <laughs> level. <He's back. laughs> um, and I was thinking like, oh my god, how? And I was angry for a long time. I was just like, how dare he disrespect? But what he was trying to do was kind of liberate us from this feeling that we're missing something, mm -hmm. or that like something has gone over our head. It doesn't have to mean one particular thing. And I think the more I read poetry, the more I realise no one poem means any single one thing to one person anyway so I just think you don't have to kind of read it searching for meaning or searching for this revelation just kind of sit with it mm. see if there's a phrase that kind of speaks to you or if it doesn't you can put it down like you don't feel like you should have to read mm. poetry because I don't think people feel the same way about like the latest novel at number one on the Centre Times bestseller list like you don't have to read that if it's not your cup of tea mm. or like if crime's not your cup of tea don't read a crime novel in the same way like if you're not a person who enjoys poetry that might be seen as confessional or modernist like fine that's not for you you don't have to feel guilty about that in the mm. same way that you wouldn't feel guilty about I don't know like Jojo Moyes not being your cup of tea someone else will love Jojo Moyes clearly thousands of readers do mm. because she's a best-selling novelist yeah I think there is also because poetry is maybe still seen as this niche there is um, not a very good understanding of kind of the genres within it or like the different yeah. types of poetry within mm. it. And so when you were saying that, I was thinking, well, I feel like I've kind of been telling myself, OK, I'm going to read some more poetry rather than like I'm going to read a thriller, you know, mm -hmm. the equivalent of that. Yeah. And I, I wonder if um, maybe a way forward for me to try and be less scared <laughs> would be to try and think more about kind of the different possibilities within poetry and maybe kind of try and find one thing that i found really helpful is reading anthologies mm, so just like mm -hmm. collected works selected by someone who is an expert and their favorite poems on either a particular subject so like i think penguin have done really great ones on love um or like um just of a certain era um and just reading through that and some of them like i'm like oh that poem's not for me mm. there are others where i've read something and i've gone oh that's blown me mm. away I'm going to buy that poet's collected mm -hmm. works, yeah. for example. Is there anything that you'd advise for people starting off reading poetry that's like, you know, e easy to digest a bit more if you're getting used to the form of poetry, stuff that you can sit with? And mm. There's um, there's an anthology that I really love um, called The Rattlebag. 
Um, and that was collated by Ted Hughes and Seamus Heaney, who, if you aren't familiar with them, were both really great poets, poets of the kind of 20th century. Um, and that is just essentially all of their favourite poems from all of their favourite writers of their time. And it's really well chosen because obviously they really know their stuff mm -hmm. and there's some great stuff from Sylvia Plath in there and so on. Um, so that is a nice kind of introduction. Um, and then another one is um, the Forward Prize, which is a, basically a prize for kind of contemporary poetry. They have a prize for the best debut, a prize for best poetry collection and like a prize for the best poem. And each year they do um, an anthology of the poems that kind of made it into the prize shortlist and some that maybe didn't quite but were still brilliant um, and they did a collection called 100 prized poems and that was the best of the 25 years of the prize mm. um, so that is a really nice like snapshot into poetry over the last 25 years or so mm. and who are some of your favorites like not even they're not even accessible but they're just brilliant like they're the ones that we should be working towards being able yeah. to tackle <laughs> Oh, it, it's such a personal taste thing. Mm. I um, These are just the poets that I really enjoy as a reader rather than me kind of saying, this is someone you should have read. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Leah on the sofa, what she reads on a Saturday. Yeah. Like, that's what well, I want to You haven't read, read Middle March? <laughs> yeah. I've not read Middle March. I will, we, I will tackle it. I've read the Spartan One day. <laughs> Maybe we should do a hello, I'm scared of Middlemarch. Oh, yeah. God, yeah, but oh, what about please. the prep? I, I, will, I will be <laughs> the scared one it. because I am scared of Middlemarch. Um, but um, some of the ones that I've, the poetry collections that I've really enjoyed recently, I really love Stag's Leap by Sharon Olds. Mm -hmm. um, she is kind of known as the great living confessional poet. And confessional just kind of means, like, it sounds like you're hearing a confession from somebody. Some, like what you were saying earlier, someone's deepest, mm, darkest mm. feelings. It doesn't necessarily have to mean that it is confessional. It's mm. not necessarily like, this is Sharon Old's fear of dying, for example. Mm. It might be, but a lot of the time it's a kind of performed character. But there's this great collection of hers called Stag's Leap. And it kind of predominantly deals with um, the dissolution of her marriage um, and it won the um, T.S. Eliot Prize in 2012. <laughs> um, fact checkers and I <laughs> calling in. <laughs> fact checkers calling in. <laughs> um, and I read that um, when I was about 18 and it just blew me away. I'd never been married, I'd never been divorced, never had children, but it just mm. spoke to me. Um, I mentioned before Ocean Wong's collection when that came in on submission, it completely blew me away um i love everything that andrew mcmillan writes i worked on a collection called vertigo and ghost by uh, fiona benson which is a kind of really stunning exploration of ancient myth kind of through a modern lens and it examines zeus's reputation as a serial rapist um, and it kind of touches on some kind of very contemporary moments there are references to trump there are references to brock turner um, the swimmer who was kind of given a light sentence because he was an exemplary member of the swimming team, air quotes. Um, so it's really timely, really contemporary. That really kind of astounded me. There's um, an opening poem to that called Ace of Base, um, which kind of looks at the kind of starting of female sexuality. Um, and it's just beautiful. Um, and I related to that a lot. So I enjoyed that very much. One thing that I did write down mm -hmm. <laughs> on my little app yeah. um, that was things that I thought, re like reasons I'm scared 
of poetry and we've talked about a few of them but one of them is just I think maybe the most basic thing and maybe why most people who are scared of poetry are scared of it is this feeling that it is referencing something that you don't get Mm. or that it is somehow kind of being very clever and going over your head Mm. is that just me I sort of feel like maybe not so much confession this confessional style Mm. but I just feel like a lot of poetry that I seem to have read recently I just don't get it it's like there's a not even a kind of emotional disconnect but literally like I don't understand why these words Mm. are coming together and I suppose uh, like I was recommended Anne Carson Mm. um, by someone and I really wanted to love it and I was just so looking forward to reading it because I was like oh this is really this is this is going to be the one you know just people (laughs) whose opinions you really trust and I genuinely have no idea what this book is about. Like, I I read it twice, and I still just don't... It just doesn't make any sense to Mm. me. Cognitive, like, yeah. And I just... um, And I sometimes feel like maybe because poetry is maybe referencing things that are either very personal or maybe very um, specialist somehow, I sometimes worry that... Am I reading this and not getting it because I'm being stupid? Or is this something that I should then look up? Or is this something that is like a po- almost like a poetry in-joke? Mm. Um, you know, if they're like referencing another poet or something and I haven't read them so I don't understand the reference and that kind of thing. Mm. I just wondered if you felt like that was something that always stays with you even when you're comfortable with poetry do, like do you still feel that um you're sometimes things are sometimes going over your head or yeah am i am i being paranoid for thinking that poetry is laughing at me i don't think poetry is laughing <laughs> at you at all i think it is <laughs> i just think it's very concentrated the meanings are really kind of layered mm. over one another with certain collections and even as someone who's very comfortable with poetry, there are occasionally some things where something has kind of gone over my head occasionally. But I think that's fine I because believe I have it for that, a second. <laughs> I, I have that with novels sometimes. Mm, there are, yeah, there are kind yeah. of some novels that I read where I'm like, I, cl- I can see you're trying to do something. It hasn't quite done it for me. Yeah. Mm. But I think with novels, we don't feel guilty about that. Mm. And for some reason that I can't quite put my finger on, sometimes people feel guilty about not mm. having got a particular poem. But I think just treat it the same way you would treat any novel. Like, put it aside, okay, that Anne Carson collection mm. um, is not for you. Um, sorry. <laughs> but there's one that I really like called um, Glass, Irony and God. And if I recommend... If I, if I remember correctly... Um, there's a kind of section at the very beginning that is kind of a long poem about the Bronte sisters. Mm-hmm. And if you've read the Brontes... I Theoretically, you yes. I think I have, yes. I'm not sure if <laughs> I've ticked off all of them. I was just trying to think, isn't there one that's always forgotten about? And I, I, don't, I think I have forgotten <laughs> about like, her. Yeah. I know, I know of Brontes as a concept. But like that is a quite nice one mm-hmm, too. But mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe Anne Carson just isn't for you, but move on to someone else in the same way that someone mm, might yeah. kind of say like... I don't know, Ian McEwan's not for me, but I love Salman Rushdie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I think also like I, all authors to some extent are like building on the past and mm. like kind of like re- having read the canon or at least be a, like subconsciously aware of the canon and then writing something new out of it mm. and some authors and, and, and poets can really be explicit about that and be like oh, here's my reference yeah you know, and like and like trying to build on that explicitly and then some people do it implicitly so I guess it depends on the kind of poetry you find mm-hmm. and I, I think as well like there should be like more like maybe it's something that I should do, but like I, I, my favorite poet is Philip Larkin, and I love him so much. And mm. but I also think that part of the reason I love him is because I had an incredible like A level teacher mm. who explained so much of it to me that I was that I, I then went back and enjoyed it more because he explained the historical yeah stuff. Mm. So it's kind of like it's also like sometimes I think if you pick up a novel, you're like, okay, this is all I need. This is my only bit of kit. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But then sometimes it's it's made me want to go back and do that more for myself with other poets because I'm like. But maybe I I love Philip Larkin because he's from the the city I'm from from Coventry, and then he but he also you know like I I know I get some of his jokes now because mm, I had to mm, look, look mm. them up. Mm. <laughs> and I do think there's a bit of a um, sense of sometimes with a novel if you look at it too closely if you try and unpick it too yeah. much it falls apart and you actually lose its essence. Whereas like the best poetry is the other way around, you know. And mm. the more you try and actually give it that space and delve in and do your mm have your teachers it (laughs) it definitely does i think make it seem less scary and kind of more oh my god this is so dense (laughs) and great um poetry detectives poetry detectives (laughs) yeah subtitle (laughs) (laughs) one thing i would say that i would recommend to anyone who's interested in any form of literature is to read homer because that oh, is the, no. that is the start. No, 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 no! Don't say oh, oh no! Don't it's a say novel, no! But don't is run there? It. Yeah. yeah so you can big. get a graphic novel, but yeah. also like there's a new translation of the Odyssey by um, a lady called Emily Wilson, and it is brilliant. Mm. And there's an audio book of it too, so you can listen oh, to it and good. get a sense of the rhythm. It's written in iambic pentameter, so it lends itself really well to the English language. It's got that da dum da dum da dum kind of rhythm to it. Um, and that is really clever it's really accessible nothing will go over your head but it has influenced every poet and every writer out there and I feel like you will get a lot more in jokes Mm. knowing a little bit Mm. more Mm. about Mm. the Greek classics also they're really fun that's the one er text alright it's really (laughs) fun alright mum I'll read Homer I I want to download the audio book now yeah it's really good to do that yeah Um, I think also like something that like I've just like recently had a revelation about is that I just really like rhyming poetry and it made me feel like I wasn't a poetry fan because I was mm. like oh but I'd like it better if it rhymed and then now I've just like come to pieces where I'm like I just need to mm. like that is like a particular type of poetry that I absolutely love and I find it really clever mm. um, and, and and then you know I, I do like, there's lots of poems that I like that don't rhyme but I find myself mm. really falling in love with the ones that rhyme and that doesn't make me childish hopefully yeah, no, it just, yeah I just sure. I just really I don't know I just it really I don't know. I'll just, I'll just find out that I'm, I really like rhymes. Yeah, and like enjoying seeing the unexpected connections between words that comes mm. from the yeah. rhyme and kind of... Yeah, and it's, it's frustrating because you, you often see a lot of like, you know, people people who aren't, you know, aren't really that open to poetry, especially modern poetry, be like, but it doesn't rhyme. It's not a poem. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not, that's also not mm. the, you yeah. know, the thing. But. Yeah, I just always ask myself the question, does it sound good? Mm. That doesn't have to rhyme. It doesn't have to have a particular like regularity in the rhythm. Does it sound good? Yeah, that I think helps a lot. Well, I had you. one more thing. Oh yeah? yeah. Well, I yeah, I just wanted to turn um, the little microphone back onto you. Yes. Um, because 
I obviously follow your social media accounts, oh. as I'm sure everyone <laughs> listening will have done, because it's great. And I notice that actually uh, Lena is quite the poet herself. Mm. And I suppose I, like I just wanted to ask you a bit about that and how you found that and also how you married that up with earlier. You said that you were also scared of poetry. Well, I am. And I think it's... Uh, it's So basically, so here's, here's like a conundrum <laughs> I'm going through. Is this big national debate about Insta poetry? Mm. And like, is this just a thought that I've had that I've arranged into the, into the shape of a poem? Or is it a poem? And, like, I, I have been commissioned to do poetry before, and people do think, like, oh, that's Lena, she does poetry, I'll pay her for it. But I still don't really think of myself like that, because I'm, like, it, I don't feel... Again, because I don't always feel like I have a wealth of knowledge about poetry mm. that I I do. But then that's a big... Like, um, Holly McNish has written br- brilliantly on this, and, like, mm. talking about, like, the access- accessibility of poetry and, and what makes you a poet. Mm. But I don't know what you guys think about Instagram poetry. Do you poetry self-define and... as a poet? I think I'm trying to, yeah. but I don't. I don't. You should. I've read Fun. your stuff. Yeah, I, I really oh, like you. your stuff. Um, but I don't. Uh, yeah, again, it's like feeling like you're invited to the party, mm. <laughs> or that it's you know, I don't know. Mm. Because if people, I feel like if people were like, "So Lena, you're a poet. Who's your favorite poet?" I'd be like Philip Larkin, Me. and they'd be like, "That's a bit of a basic." You know, like everybody likes yeah. Philip Larkin, and I'd be like, like also like Carol Ann Duffy and Jackie Kay. But they're. I was about to yeah. swear again. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. They're fucking great. Yeah, they like, are. So. I don't feel like you should yeah. feel guilty about that just no. because you don't mm. have like a hipster choice. Yeah, it's like, that's true. You know, like yeah, because I I just really enjoy it and I feel like when I have thoughts, they don't come out in essay form mm-hmm, or like mm-hmm. or in any other way. That's how they come out. I think more people should be writing poetry just spontaneously. It should be part mm. of everybody's like, oh yeah, I'm going to write a diary entry or a mm-hmm. or a thing, or I'm going to write a poem. A friend of mine writes a haiku for every day of their life, that's like a little lovely. diary wow. entry, and I always thought that was. Just so nice. Every I've never day. read any of them, actually. Does she just keep them? I think she just keeps them for herself, like in a diary, instead of like writing a you know a full kind of bullet pointed entry or whatever. She just writes a haiku. I don't know if that's really impressive or, or, or really a bit pretentious. Creepy. Oh, <laughs> I still like when people are like I kept all of my teeth from childhood. I'm like, who impressed you kept track of them? But yeah, anyway, I think it's yes. interesting to like think about like integrating poetry more into bookshops and therefore into people's reading experiences so they can just read poetry as part of their normal reading. Yeah. And, and also in a, like a gorilla way, yeah, like, yeah. like Instagram poetry, like yeah, viewing also, it yeah, not as the kind of... of domain of the scary, hallowed mm. halls. Yeah, um, and not having to jump so much into like, I am a poet, mm, I am not yeah, a poet, therefore yeah. I don't write poetry mm-hmm. and I am a poet, so I do. It's like, oh, people can occasionally write poetry or like maybe somebody wrote one poem in their life and they're like, oh, just, you know. It's strange because it feels like poetry is almost both the most inaccessible art form and also potentially the most accessible. Mm. Because if you were able to make it into this thing where it's just like, oh yeah, my thought just came to me, like this this really cool thought came mm. to me in the sh- like shower thoughts and I put it in the form of poetry that's far more accessible and shareable and able to be talked about in a kind Mm. of more open space than say you know oh yeah okay I had a thought about love and I'm going to write a novel yeah like that's far less achievable and also I guess if you want to have a discussion you're like let's all read all of the Bronte and then we'll get together in nine years time and talk about it it's like you could all read a poem and then Mm. have a chat about it and it's more 
my grandma actually has a poetry book club. <gasps> well, not poetry book club, but like you are they, from the poetry family. I, I know. love this. It's yeah. in Dorset. Um, if anyone lives Let's nearby, it's in up. Dorset, <laughs> and it's at this little coffee shop in Poole called the Red Roaster. It's a great coffee shop. They've got their own roaster. Um, this is not an advert, um, <laughs> but it kind of is. Um, but basically, not spawn. <laughs> but basically, um, they each um, they have like I think maybe twelve people, and they each just bring a poem that they've sent around in advance. So all you've had to read is 12 poems or sections of a long poem. Mm. And each person just talks about what they like about it. And it's really nice because sometimes really they're all nice. like, oh, I'm really glad you showed me this. And other times they're like, that is a terrible poem. <laughs> but it's fine because it's personal yeah. choice. Yeah, that's, uh, that's so cool. And then you get to discover all these new poets yeah. every time. But I think with the whole like Instagram poetry debate versus like true air quotes um, poetry like debate... I don't think it really matters in the same sense that I don't think like I don't think that Rachel Cusk is angry about Lee Child mm. because a mm. Rachel Cusk reader is mm. different from a Lee Child reader or you know you can read both yeah it, do- it doesn't matter like yeah. sure, E.L. James isn't like I can't believe now Scar has stolen yeah. all of my readers Damn. yeah <laughs> so, but I think for some reason people get a bee in their Battle bonnet about the poetry they it's somehow one, think there's only room for one of us <laughs> yeah they somehow think that because someone's reading Rupi Kaur they can't appreciate Anne Carson mm. or Alice Oswald but guess what read all of them I like all of them <gasps> so, <gasps> do, do you know, it doesn't that's yeah. your not, confession that's my confession <laughs> brilliant do you feel less scared um Lily? yes I suppose if if poetry is sort of the ghoul in the night I'm I'm yeah. sort of going to turn the light switch on and sort of gently go down the stairs and <laughs> I can just about make my way outcome. to the loo now <laughs> whereas before I couldn't um, and if anybody listening has any other suggestions of episodes we can do around things they're scared about things they're worried about like things that they're like don't know where to start with uh, we would love to hear your suggestions so do tweet them at us at Vintage Books or on Instagram at Vintage Books consistent branding there really nice. um, and until next next time.